Monday. Yes, hello, folks. Uh, it is Monday, February. What do we got? What do we got? The twenty sixth. Everyone commented that you said that. that I did say it weird. What did you say? February. I yeah. I, I listened to it and I was like, that sounds real weird. And I was like, February. Like, there's too many. There's way too many R's. Are you supposed to pronounce that first R? It's February. Even yeah, no one says it like that. Do they? I don't know. Maybe we just say it's stupid. I always say February. February. Yeah, I've always said. I think it's February, but it's, it's we say February. February. A lot of people say library. I've never heard that. You haven't? Uh-uh. I think my grandma says it like that. Really? Yeah. In that Georgia accent. I can't say I've ever heard that. Yeah, library. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's Monday. It's Monday. It's post-nurse visit. Uh, yes, we'll get to that. Okay. I, I figure we do this chronologically. Okay. Uh, but a little bit of context. So we're here. I've been here uh, since Saturday. It is now Monday night. I'm flying back to New York City tomorrow. Uh, getting back to the office, getting back to making the videos and stuff, but I wanted to do a, a quick, fun little trip home, a okay. jaunt. And most importantly, we're sober. Uh, for now. We do have glasses yeah. with whiskey right next to us. And let me just say this now. I'm, oh, here we go. I'm really glad we're sober because every time we've done a podcast where we've either started drunk or ended up drunk, I've regretted it every time, and I just hate the impression that it gives that both of us... In general, but me specifically, just sound like a drunken lunatic. I feel like you give this disclaimer every time, even Do when I? you are drunk. It's because and I don't think anyone thinks you drink every night. I think we've clearly said over and over that we typically just do this when we're together. It's not even that. I just don't want to, you know, put the impression out there that I'm this raving idiot, and I'm not. Well, so maybe not in the drinking way. But. Right, it has nothing to do with alcohol. Yeah, uh, I've had like six drinks all year. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of that has to do with being in the hospital for a month, but that'll, that'll do it. Yeah, when we're a month and a half into the or two months into the year, they, they frown on drinking and smoking in there. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah, uh, which you're back on the smoking. We can get to, we can get to all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you're you're regaining some normalcy here. I am. I'm. I feel like uh, just as far as my routine and how I feel, I feel like I'm ninety percent there. I really just more tired than I used to be, and I used to be tired a lot. But. That's the thing, is I, in the last five to ten years of hanging out with you, uh, a defining characteristic of you is tired a lot of time. Turn that shit off right now. What was that? That was your phone. That came from your thing. No, it didn't. That wasn't mine. That was your phone. Anyway, um, I, I'm sleeping more than I used to, but I think that's to be expected. Yeah, it is. I mean, you had the surgery almost a month ago at this point, right? Just a month ago, two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's backtrack a little bit here, and then we can get to the recovery. Um, Nobody wants to hear about my damn appendix. Well, then they didn't click this podcast. That's true. (laughs) Not forcing anyone to listen to anything. All right. All right. Uh, So I got a text from you uh, a while ago, January? Late January? It was like 22nd. Yeah. Uh, That you were feeling bad. This was kind of late at night, and you went to the ER uh, so go ahead and let, let's go back there and tell me about that night. Well, that was January 23rd. 22nd, I believe. I could be wrong on this, but that, whatever it was, that Monday night, um, I started feeling bad. I started feeling really bloated and just pain in the stomach, which is unusual. And so I, I talked to my sister. She said, call ask a nurse. And they basically said, if it's not better by tomorrow, call us back or whatever. So... Next day, it was a lot worse. And Monday, it was all over my stomach. Tuesday, it had 
moved over to the right and down. So is this a constant pain? Like, what, yeah. what does it feel like? Like a stomach ache? Se- severe bloating and just kind of like a... Like not, a throb? I, I, want, I want to say jabbing pain, but think of a consistent jabbing feeling. Like not so a the, sharp pain? Not a throb, not in and out. It's just a constant pressure sensation. It's like when you get a... You ever get like a gas bubble in your ribs or your lungs and every time you inhale it feels like a uh-uh. sharp pain? No? Okay. I get those. But I thought it was... Monday night, I thought it was gas. But anyway, so Tuesday, I called to ask a nurse again. They said, well, since it's moving, you ought to go to the hospital. So I did. Well, you did the smart guy thing that both of us do, which is Googling your problem first, right? Yeah, and you think you're dying immediately. Yeah. But appendicitis was the main thing I kept seeing on the symptoms and stuff, especially since it moved. Was that the the defining thing? It's like, okay, that sounds very much like an appendicitis thing. Yeah. So um, my sister took me to the hospital. Uh, signed my name, gave him my insurance, and then proceeded to wait three hours in the lobby. Did it seem like other people there were like having incredibly urgent, like you know, a guy's leg is gone, yeah, and a guy got shot? It wasn't like a Civil War battlefield or anything, <laughs> but um, a lot of people. Um, you have a seat at least. Yeah, like a bench with no back. Well, that's fine. And yeah, um, but three hours, and by the time. Because, like, I should, had I known what I know now, I would have been up and moving. If I'd known it was what it was for sure and known I was going to be there that long, I would have gotten up and moved. But instead, I sat there. My sister dropped me off and left because I told her it was going to be a long time. Why ago. would the moving help? Uh, because I really got tightened up while I was sitting there the whole time. By the time I stood up after three hours, I was, like, doubled over. Oh, so you think moving around could have just kind of kept it loose think, or something? I yeah. think. What do I know? <laughs> so I finally get in. And by this time, it was like... 11 o'clock at night, or maybe later. But anyway, they uh, did the preliminary stuff, and they did a CAT scan. And the lady doing the CAT scan <laughs> knew immediately. She goes, you've got a bad appendix. Really? Yeah. So they got me in the room, got me doped up, sedated me, and they told me they were going to take it out in the morning, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't take it out immediately. It seemed like a pretty urgent thing. Were you able to sleep? I don't recall. I must have. So, are there factors that can increase the odds of something like this happening? Like, are there lifestyle? Uh, I don't think so. I or is it just a random happenstance? I think it's a roll of the dice. Then what I did learn, too, appendix. Um, is there anybody left, or have they all tuned out? Uh, they're here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did learn, typically, appendix bursts or issues with appendix happen much younger. Oh, okay. You say it's usually before you're 30. Really? Yeah. Hmm. The only person I can think of that had that recently was a wrestler who is, like, in his mid-40s. Really? Yeah, I don't have any friends or anything that have yeah. had that. But oh, I, ben, guess... I think Ben Hansen had that, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they say the majority is before you're 30, so... Huh. And I don't think there's anything that contributes to it. It just happens or it doesn't. Okay. Um, but anyway, so they... I, I think they gave me something to help me sleep and for the pain. And then next morning, they just rolled me down there and took her out. And it, it amazed me. I didn't know how they took out an appendix. They just make three little holes, tiny little holes, and they insert these tubes in there, and I think some of them, one of them has a camera on them or something. Anyway, and they just yank it out through the tiny hole. Is it just like this floppy, weird organ that can just kind of... It's pretty tiny. I've seen it now. It's It looks like a big amoeba. And it's, it's, okay. It's skinny and it's long. You saw your appendix? Well, no, I've seen pictures of it. Oh, okay. But, and they said mine was stuck under my intestine. Is that bad? I don't know. Huh, okay. But I guess they kind of move around. They're moored to something, and then they just kind of move around. But it's weird. But surgery went fine. 
No, uh, they put you under. Said so oh, IV, yeah. the intravenous uh, general anesthesia. Um, it was through the IV. Yeah. Last thing I remember, because one of the doctors or the aides or whatever, we both discovered that we were fans of Young Frankenstein. Okay. So the last thing I remember was trading quotes, Young Frankenstein quotes. How did that come up in that situation? I don't remember. I think Frau Blucher was there. <laughs> no, I, that's a good question. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> I don't know. But, but that was kind of fun. And so that's, that's the last thing I remember. So you're out like a light. Yeah. And then the next thing you regain consciousness to is what? I was in the post op. Um, I guess they keep you there. I guess I was. In the, <laughs> I thought you said post office at first. Yeah, I was in the post office. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, that's that's something to do with insurance. Okay. So, <laughs> so post post ops. They take you to the last job you held. <laughs> that's weird. I don't know and, why they do and that. See if you recognize. They stuff. should change that rule. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where you are? That's the question. <laughs> <They> took, <laughs> and if you say. You know, post office, and that's where you worked, and they knew you'd be okay. I got put under for a dental thing recently and woke up in Minnesota, sure, a game informer. Sure. I had no idea what sure. was there. Sure. <laughs> All right, so you come to and post op. Yeah, and I guess I'd been there a while. It was like two hours. What are you attached to? What's. Uh, IV. It's really. I was pretty groggy, mind you. One thing I was surprised about, I don't know your experience with this, but I wear contacts. Mm-hmm. And before the surgery, I made the comment, or they asked me, I think. Are you wearing contacts? And I said, yes. They made me take them out. Mm. Which, I don't know what the reason for. I mean, they don't tend to say you should sleep in your contacts. I would imagine if you're going to be out for an undetermined period of time, that they yeah. would follow. But they, they made me take them out, which I thought was interesting. Huh. But yeah, I woke up in post-op, and uh, I don't really recall coming to. I remember, because uh, I knew my sister, one of my two sisters was there, and I asked if they could call her and tell her it was okay to come down. So she did. Yeah. My sisters are about the only two women left in this world who don't hate me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I don't know. I saw the text you were getting tonight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so I came to, and Diane came down, and then eventually, at some shortly after that, they rolled me up to the hospital room. And that's where the fun began. All right, so you're in your room room now. This is the one that you stayed in for... They moved you well, they moved, well, they Well, they initially put me in what's called short stay. So that's Because they more... anticipated I would be there like two or three days. Oh, okay. And I would have been, except everything hadn't gone wrong. Okay. So after like four days, they moved me into a different room. So when you come to consciousness after the surgery, what is your uh, understanding of when you're getting out? Um, two, three days. Okay. So you just thought I'd be out by the weekend. Okay. Yeah. And what was the first indication they gave you that something was amiss? Uh, well, they did another, I think, see, I'm a little foggy on the times because so much happened and I was on drugs a lot of the time. At some point they did a uh, a post-op CAT scan or CT scan. I don't know what's the right way to say that. Um, and they found something was wrong with my lungs and they found obstruction in my bowel. Um, and I was I was having difficulty breathing. Hmm. It was very, very short. What is that chalked up to? They say sometimes, I don't know if it's a, it has to do with the anesthesia or what, but like part of your lung can fold over or something. Hmm. Something funky happens to your lung. <laughs> and it clearly happened to mine because I was really, really having trouble breathing. So uh, I also heard that it was kind of a messy uh, oh, burst. That's right. Yeah. That's a big factor here. <laughs> it had actually burst. So I guess, again, this is gross, but I guess... When the appendix actually bursts, all that infection that's inside of it just goes out willy-nilly, and it just 
attaches itself to the walls or whatever you got going on down there. Sounded like there was some gnarly stuff inside your appendix. It was pretty. The doctor told my sisters that it was pretty bad. Yeah. And so what happened was that some of this infectious stuff attached to something and created abscesses, which are just masses of nastiness. They, like, that, was great, that was a great album. It was Megadeth, yeah. Megadeth, yeah. Masters. What? Me- I, I don't even <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so wait, an abscess is, that's not like a, is that like a lesion or is that it's a like growth a of some of sort? gross stuff. <laughs> okay. Dumb it down for me a bit. Bad stuff on thing. <laughs> is that dumb enough? Yeah. <laughs> Open you up and tinker with your ticker. <laughs> but no, we had a couple. Uh, we, I had a couple abscesses, which opened up a whole new thing and made and made it my stay much. It was going to be much longer. Did so, they? So what did they tell you as far as like, hey, by the way, it's not going to be as short as we thought. They said at that point, I think they said another five days at least. And at this point, it had been two, two. Okay, so now we're looking at a week. Yeah, or something yeah. that you were thinking three yeah, days. You're just in got, and out. Yeah, and it proceeded to get worse. But so, once the abscesses were discovered, they set up another thing, like the next day, to go in, and they lay me on my side. And this time, they just used that gas where you're still awake, but you're pretty much out of it. Is this like a nitrous, like when you're at the yeah, dentist? Yeah, it's like colon- laughing gas type. colonoscopy type thing where they put you out, but you're still kind of conscious. Okay, well, you just kind of don't care, right? Yeah, because I remember hearing them talking stuff, but in the meantime, they were shoving tubes in my body. It's kind of crazy how effective drugs can be. It's amazing. It's just this little tiny goddamn thing. Don't even need to chew it. And it can just make you crazy or it can make you feel good or not feel pain or sleep. or It's it's insane. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I was in the hospital where I would think about those guys on the Civil War battlefields <laughs> having legs removed with no anesthesia. Here's a bullet and some whiskey, son. Or like this specific thing. If an appendix bursts. Oh, can you imagine? And, yeah, it doesn't even have to be a battlefield. If you're a farmer and your appendix bursts, like, well, I guess I'm probably dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable how much better we have it now. What a scary thing, too, that it can just happen with no real warning. Like, yeah. you had, like, a day of feeling weird uh-huh. before all this kind of hell came upon you. Yeah. And and to really nerd this up, I had, like I usually do, I had, I think, 450 items up for eBay and, like, another 300 scheduled to start that Thursday that I thought I'd be able to deal with. So it became pretty clear real quickly that I wasn't going to be able to do this. Yeah. So I had my sister cancel them all from home. And then people were sending me payments from the weekend before. So I had to get a hold of all those people and say, hey, or Diane did, my sister. Just one by one. My brother's in the hospital. Apologies, blah, blah, blah. We'll send your money back, blah, blah, blah. So that was another thing to be concerned about, but that was a small issue. So they uh, made a, a time, an appointment to put the abscess drains in. It's two brand new holes, one in the front. One in the back by my butt. And they actually go in there. And I don't know if they're attached to the abscess, but they basically pull the infection out. They're just like these crazy hoses that yeah, are... It comes, actually comes out of your body. These tubes come out of your body and they go... These Just picture a clear plastic tube and it goes into a bag, two bags. And you get to see all this gross, disgusting stuff just coming out of your body. What's it look like? God. Do we really want to talk about this? <laughs> it's inherently a gross situation. Just picture a mixture of snot and blood. Oh, God. This is inside your body? Yeah. So that's something that doesn't normally exist inside your body. Like, whatever this... It was bad stuff. Whatever this stuff is, yeah. it's not normally there. Yeah. Okay. So that was fun, toting those around, plus the IV. At what point is the tube inserted in your nose? Oh, for God's sake. I'm trying to remember the, ex- the reason they did that. That was the 
well, there was so much unpleasantness that happened in the next few days after that. Um, I, there's one particular night I want to get to, but... Oh, God. <laughs> the night that three nurses quit their jobs because of me. <laughs> um, well, I started... Obviously, they, they were giving me all my nutrients and stuff through the IV. I wasn't even eating. They wouldn't let me eat. And you weren't hungry, though. No. Yeah. I mean, they would let me have ice chips and jello. Literal ice chips. like just Yeah, just a styrofoam cup full of ice chips. Wow. And jello. And, and neither one of them really sounded good to me. Did you say ice cream, too? Ice chips and ice chips. jello. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. But even when I would eat the jello, it was like one cube of it. Because I was never hungry. It was weird. And the weird thing was, because I was like 190 pounds when I went in. Because I was getting all the nutrients, and um, I guess probably because I was sitting still so often, well, all the time, I gained, I got 203 pounds. Mm, I mean, fluid weight is Which was huge. weird. It, but in a lot of it, yeah, I was bloated. Yeah, yeah. Before the abscesses were taken out. Yeah, but if you were just getting pumped full of nutrients and liquids. Yeah, like so I was 203 pounds. Down. But by the time I got out of there, I was 173. So you went from going in 190-ish, yeah. Up to 203. And then down to 173. Jeez, how long has it been since you were 173? Shortly after high school. Jeez. Yeah. All right. And so you're, you're still around there, or are you starting to... Like, I'm still around there. You're definitely skinnier than I've seen you. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like maybe in my life. I don't know if I've seen you this skinny. Maybe. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, the the nose thing. Well, let me... It's related to the other thing. Um, I'm sure... I, th- I think it had something to do with the... Uh, Nutrients that they were giving me or something. Started having some really bad digestive issues. Poop stuff? Poop stuff. Are you a doctor? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I'm a nurse, sorry. To, 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 to narrow this down, basically it got to the point where I was having to go to the restroom literally every 15 minutes. Poop. Diarrhea. Okay, that's like the worst possible restroom thing you have to go every 15 minutes yes. for. Yes. And the worst part with that was when you're in the hospital, and, and it wasn't like my body w- would say, hey, you probably need to get to the bathroom. My body was saying, you're, you're, you're going to go to the bathroom now. You should have been in there 10 seconds ago. Yeah. So the fun part is it's hard. You just had an appendectomy, so it's hard to roll out of bed. You're attached to an IV stand, which you have to unplug from the wall. Two plugs. Like power plugs? Or what are we yeah, talking about yeah. here? Okay. Into the wall. Two plugs. All Two right. plugs. Okay. You have to have the presence of mind to wake up, squeeze your ass together, go through the pain of rolling over and getting out of the bed, going to the wall, unplugging two things, <laughs> taking those things, wrapping them around the thing so you don't trip on them. And often this was in the middle of the night out of a deep sleep. And you can't do this at a leisurely pace. You literally have like four seconds. <laughs> which which creates some scenarios here in a little bit that We're about to get into some George Brett territory. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this it didn't it wasn't every fifteen minutes to start, but it, it it just built up and built up and it was just awful. And I couldn't sleep. So, so throughout the whole night, you're constantly having to get up and do this thing every time, and then yeah. when you're done you have to run back in, plug were, it in. There were literally times when I would get up, go to the bathroom. Get back in bed and immediately have to get up and go again. After you've plugged all this stuff back in. Yes. Oh, my God. It was just awful. So once it's unplugged from the wall, you're wheeling just... This, actually, I'm looking at this IV stand right now. You got it in your it's place. different than that, but it's the same concept. Okay, so the idea of this thing is still attached to you, so you're wheeling this into the bathroom with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not like just a bare pole like that. This one has equipment on it and yeah. tubes and electrical cords and... Wheels? You wheeling this yeah. thing in? Okay. Yeah. So 
that's already a real bad situation. Mm-hmm. And then is this when nose thing comes? Yeah. In? Okay. Yeah, and this was frankly the worst. I'll say experience, physical experience I've ever had in my life. They tell me about this neato procedure. Neato. They didn't say neato. No, they didn't. <laughs> they said they had this procedure that they wanted to do to me that would help get some gunk out of my stomach. Um, and then they described how it worked. And my instinct was, I know me, I'm a giant baby. My instinct was, no, I'm not going to do that thing. In fact, I think I did at first. Even while knowing, you know, obviously you're smart enough to realize that, like, okay, they know what they're talking about. They're not just saying this to say it. Yeah, they're trying to make me better. Right. So I think I initially balked at it, but the digestive thing was getting so bad that I kind of, I, I remember saying to myself, man up, this will help you get better and get out of here sooner. Just do it. Get it over with. So the procedure, and I talked a little bit about this on Twitter, but it's this medieval torture nonsense. They take a goddamn... T- I don't want to say tube, but it's more like a hose. Shove it up your nose and down your throat and into your stomach. So can you feel this scraping alongside like the inside of your nose and down oh, your esophagus and all that? Yes, And after it's in, every time you swallow... You can feel it in the back of your throat. Oh, even just that, I think, would just... Like, if I try to, like, swallow a Centrum or something and it gets yeah. lodged for a second, I just yeah, full-on panic. And I don't think... It, it felt metallic and hard, so I think it was, like, a juncture point, like a connecting point for these... <sighs> something. Because it was meta- it was metal. And every time I'd swallow... But the, when, they, when they put it in, they make you put your head back, and then they start shoving it in, and they tell you to put your chin to your chest. I guess the angle's better. Just ramming mm. this thing into your nose. How it, long? So, like, what are we talking about? Feet? Like three feet of this? I don't really hose know. Or inside Whatever you? the distance is between three inches outside your nose and into your stomach. So what? Two feet? Yeah, it's at least yeah. probably. Yeah. It was awful. And then they take once it's in, they and they tell mm. you each time they're pushing it, they're having you swallow. I guess to help the saliva helps it go down. It's just like rapid fire. It's like swallow, yeah, swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah, it was pretty serious stuff. Um, where, where was I? So, oh, so after it's done, the 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 outside part extends out. I'd say about three inches outside of your nose. So they have to tape it down to your nose so it stays stable. I think you sent me a picture of that. Yeah, it's it's real attractive. It's nice. <laughs> um, but I hated that part even because it's right in your line of vision. So every time you're looking at something, you're seeing this stupid wad of you're seeing this wad of gauze and metal and weirdness so that was gross by itself um it made swallowing difficult um it was just it it was an awful experience so this gets worse um as part of the having to run to the bathroom every 15 minutes one night I think I'd I think I'd managed to fall asleep and I woke up, obviously having to run the restroom like I always was, and somehow in the 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 hubbub of grabbing the IV stand or whatever it was, I don't remember, I hit this thing on my nose with my hand hard enough to jam it probably a couple of inches back into my <laughs> nose. God damn it. Oh, I know. I, I don't even have a frame of reference for what this feels like, but I'm just picturing it, and it sounds like the worst thing. I'm remembering it, and I'm almost wanting to shudder. It was just so bad. 
So this happens, and then I have to go shit. So wait, at this point, you had to wake up in a dire panic to poop. Yeah. Uh, you had to unplug all this crap, uh-huh. do the painful get-out-of-bed thing, yeah. get up, you jam this thing that already hurts a lot into your face, causing it to hurt way more. Uh-huh. And, it's, and then now it's moving. It's okay. not stable like it Oh, was. great. So now it's waggling around, and yeah. now you just poop and so without incident, right? Yes, yeah. I get that business taken care of, and I call the nurse, and... Wait. <laughs> no, that was a different night. Oh, okay. <laughs> so basically, this is about... I'm not a tough guy, and I'm not forcible at all or forceful at all but this night I was because I'd had enough I was tired I was pissed I was in pain and I called the nurse in, and bless her heart she was a sweetheart they all were I said listen <laughs> I said I want this thing out of me now I said I don't care if it's helping me I said I want this thing out now so she has to call the doctor um, the guy actually I think it was the guy who did my appendectomy and I assumed that even if they would take it out, they have some guy in the basement who that's what he does. Some guy? That's where they keep him. The hose remover. Yeah, that's him. I thought they'd have to have some expert guy do this. <laughs> I was wrong. So, so the nurse comes back with this look on her face. She said, uh, "She said he said, it's okay to go ahead and take it out. I said, okay, is there going to be somebody come up to do this? She goes, no, he told me to do it. And I don't know spectrum of a nurse's knowledge but I just figured they'd have an expert nose guy <laughs> but they don't so she sat me down and she was great and she just sat me down and she grabbed it she said just hang on and she just yanks it out and literally it was probably a half second uh, and she's holding this thing in her the other thing too I forgot to mention this while this thing's in there and doing its job the the tube comes out and drains into a little like Cup, right, right. Or cylinder cup, and you can actually see the stuff that's been in your stomach, and it's not pretty. Ugh. So, but no, she got it out. Instant relief. I was thrilled to get that out. Yeah. So that was that was. I actually looked up the the doctor who invented this because <laughs> if he was alive, I was going to find him and kill him. <laughs> but it was actually I was surprised. It was, I think it was some guy in the eighteen seventies, some doctor. Did you feel any kind of like like this thing was rattling around inside your esophagus and everything for so long? Was there any kind of like did it feel raw or anything? Yeah, my voice was a little scratchy. I noticed that when I talked to you on the phone several times, you you sounded very. They scratchy. said that might happen. Yeah, well, and you were also like frequently on what morphine during this? Uh, Percocet. Percocet. Wasn't there morphine at some point? Oh yeah, yeah. So there was. I think at the early parts. Yeah, because I, right. I was talking to your sisters and I, Percocet I think, was more to help me sleep. I think morphine was for pain. Do you remember? Have you ever had morphine before? I don't think so. I, I know I have not, but I, I, just, now. <laughs> I hear it's extremely effective. I know. <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I never felt high or anything. I just it really on morphine. Yeah, what it would. The only effect I saw was if I was having some discomfort or pain. Yeah, it really did a great job on that. Was it pretty much instantaneous? It not. No, it takes a few minutes. Is it intravenous? Uh, yeah. Now you're a huge baby about needles. I'm kind of surprised. I realized right away that I was going to be getting poked a lot, and I better just suck up and let him do it. Was it? Did you get your finger pricked yeah. a couple years ago and you passed out face passed, first on the... I passed out on the doctor's office floor because they did that blood sugar prick thing. Just a tiny little dink? Yeah. 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 But I knew that that was going to be the least of my worries doing this. Man. So And, and having IVs helps because once they put that in... I don't know if you knew they had a permit. They call it a pick IV. 
Mm -mm. in my upper arm. No. It's permanent. Okay. So then they can just use those tubes to draw blood and put new medicine in. Oh, so they're just kind of screwing these things on and off or whatever? Oh, okay. All the time. That's kind of handy. I've only had IVs a few times, and it always freaks me out just because, like... I like to be able to be mobile. If I need to get up and move around or move my arms or or turn over in bed, I want to be able to do that. And when there are actual needles inside my body, it's just like, oh, I hate this feeling. It's not really needles, but... Yeah, whatever the hell they are. It's lines, but... Yeah. But the the combination of the IV and the drain bags going down my legs... Yeah. And one of them was up by my ass... So I... And I love to sleep on my side, but I, I pretty much trained myself to sleep on my... You know, back the whole time at an angle um, for when I could sleep. What's your next question? <laughs> so at this point, we're about a week in, right? Maybe yeah. a little more. And then there was another thing where it's like, we thought you were going to get out after about a week. And then there was another like, oh, it's actually going to be like at least another five days. Well, the lungs were holding things up and the abscesses definitely held things up too. Okay. So it was just a matter of like, we got to wait for the drains to do their jobs Get all this crap out. Yeah, they wanted to be a certain amount of milliliters or less drainage per day before they'd even think about getting you out. Um, I want to talk about the smoking thing a little bit. <laughs> that fascinated me. I think the first day I asked somebody if somebody could just wheel me downstairs so I could just have one. Yeah. And that's the last time I remember in the 13 days of even craving one. But they put me on the patch. Yeah, and you didn't know you were on the patch, right? Yeah, I did, I think. You did? Maybe not at first, but... Okay, because when I was talking on the phone... At some point, I learned I was. Oh, okay, because I talked to you at some point, and you were talking about, like, well, the, the physical withdrawal of stopping smoking has to be passed now, because I haven't yeah. had a cigarette in X number of days. But you were getting this stuff, apparently. And yeah. and there's something about just knowing you just can't. Yeah, yeah. Although, you had... How long once you got back of not smoking? I think I was three days at home without. yeah. Yeah, I we talked a lot about that, about how this is the, the best possible, like, let's make something good out of this and take this head start of two weeks without smoking. And you, you've tried to quit, or talked about quitting several times uh, since you started smoking when you were 40? 37. 37, yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, if there's ever a chance that he could really maybe do it. Yeah, like, I, thought, I thought I had really done it. Yeah, well, because you had a bunch of cigarettes here still. And, and I gave away seven packs to my sister. Listen, I told you, I said, when you get home, get, them, get rid of them right yeah, away. I heard your voice in my head. <laughs> I, I actually did. I was just trying to, the logic, of you, you said you wouldn't because your cheapness would, would prevent it. And I was like, well, if you want to do that, think long-term cheapness and not short-term cheapness. You know, the seven packs versus buying packs all the time for a year. And that actually made sense. And I did okay the first few days, but I was still pretty, first two days after I got home. But the, there's something about being in my house with my routine. You know me, I'm very... Yes. Do A, then B, then C, then D. And smoking is such a big factor into the routine. Yeah. But it, I did okay for like three days, but I had a lot of other things going on. And about day three, it was all I could think about. It's kind of what I expected, is once you would regain some sense of normalcy in your routine, and you're moving around, you don't have the drains in and stuff, I was like, well, he's gonna... It was all I could think about. Yeah. And, I mean, you know it was a psychological thing at that point. Well, it had to be, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the disgusting stuff. Okay, well... Uh, oh, I don't think we did too much uh, in-depth about pooping your pants. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the night <laughs> the nurses... Uh, you had to swallow your pride. Well, I realized pretty early on into this hospital thing as much as they're probing around your body and that I was going to have to just swallow whatever 
little bit of pride and dignity I have left. Real quick, before you talk about pooping yourself, do you want me to refill? I'm good. Okay. I'm going to refill some. You talk about that. Okay. No, I can't talk without you here. I guess you can. Just look at the thing. I'll, I'll sing. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. They heard the word diarrhea. and they... I think you say that every time that no one's listening and there's a billion comments. This is gross and not interesting. Of course it's gross. This is why I get drunk for these folks. <laughs> you don't need anything? No, I'm fine. Thank you. Tell the people about your poop. Get over here. Hang on. Tell the people about your poop. People want to know. Worst rallying cry ever. Ah. <laughs> what are we doing here? We're doing this honey thing? Yeah. Okay. Hurry up. I'll, I'll just for for any of you listening that might have heard the uh, old man rant about cable and satellite TV last time. I apologize. I'm probably wrong. I just like what I like, and I fear change. Hurry up! I'm coming. I heard you say apologize. What are you apologizing I'm for? Apologize. Drop the lightning, don't you? No. Oh, we need to talk about the stupid virus too. Ah. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. So anyway, the, 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 the issue of getting to the restroom just got worse and worse and worse until one magical night where I, I just didn't make it. Break that down for me. Same scenario I described before, the rush to get there before I'd always managed to at least get to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Well, this time I got to an area roughly three feet above the toilet. Okay. Before all hell broke loose, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I do. So, I managed to get <laughs> diarrhea, I'll just mm-hmm. say the words, Okay. almost everywhere in the bathroom except the toilet. <laughs> That's a hard call to make to the nurse. It's just forceful, like, oh, fire explosive. hose. You say it got on the walls. It was on the walls, it was on the floor, it was all over the back of the toilet. <laughs> this is so gross. Yes. Okay, and the best part was, best. as this is happening... I was wearing my glasses because it's night- nighttime. Dan, Dan, Dan loves this part. As I'm scrambling to digest what in the hell I'm going to do about all this, I'm leaning down and looking. At this point, I'm sitting. So I'm leaning over. My glasses fall off, hit the floor in the midst of all the diarrhea, and break. Wait, did your glasses fall in the poop? Yeah. <laughs> well, there, it would be hard not to. Right. So and they broke the the uh, what do they call the thing on the side that goes over your ear that whole bar the ear stick ear stick <laughs> I don't know that completely broke off my glasses so your glasses are fucked yeah so I can't see I'm legally blind without my glasses I'm surrounded by shit <laughs> I don't know what to do it's I can't just walk away and oh look do 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 well knowing you and being embarrassed about stuff I'm surprised you didn't try to like. Fashion a fucking rope ladder out of your blankets and escape the hospital. This was past the point where I'd realized that I just need to leave my dignity at the door. Yeah. And this just took it to a new level. So you pick up the phone? Well, they've got those pull things. In case you, yeah. your glasses fall in poop, pull this. <laughs> There's a little picture of poopy glasses. On, yeah, yeah. On a little clip art thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in, case, in case of poop, break glass. <laughs> No, and they come in, and I've got the hospital gown, and it's disgusting, too. Well, how do you reveal that to them when they come in? Like, is the bathroom door shut, and you're like, okay, let me prepare you for this? I think I must must have given them some kind of verbal warning as they came in. Like, hey, heads up. I mean, they've seen worse, I'm sure. I know me. I probably said, we have a disaster in here. I'm sure I said something like that. And there's a sweet little, she's probably 23 years old. 
nice nice gal and what she walked into holy lord and so I, I said there's a major problem in here and she's a nurse she probably knows that it's one of like three disgusting things right um, and bless their hearts man they deal with they're knowledgeable they're compassionate they deal with stuff like this with a smile on their face and they don't make you feel bad about it so when she like peeks in that room and sees that like does she sell it at all or does she just like I, I think she immediately went and got other help oh yeah yeah Ugh. so I mean and this is where the dignity part comes in you know they had to strip me of my gown and I may have had slippers on or socks or something they basically just had to rip I had to take everything off of me and they had a, a big uh, bin for soiled laundry and stuff yeah they're prepared for this <laughs> yeah it's a giant ass bin so everything that I had on me of course they threw in there and then I had to take a shower so to do that they've got a I don't know if you've ever had this situation but they have to put band gauze or some kind of plastic just like a saran wrap mm-hmm. over your IV that makes sense just to make sure you're and over your drains yeah and so you know they left the room and had me take a shower and you gotta realize at this point I'm wobbly on my feet yeah very weak and so I managed to take a shower and get everything off me and it was just disgusting was but, but you can take the shower of your own like you are physically able to do this they're not yeah. like sponge bathing you but it was all over the back of my legs Ugh. it was horrible <sighs> so I get that taken care of they give me a new gown you know a new pair of stupid fake underwear that they have there which you kept some yeah <laughs> You love your free stuff. I've been to enough hotels with you where you fill up your bag with tiny soaps. And stuff. Yeah. So they basically get me taken care of and get my ass out of there and back in the bed. And then they get to work. And I guess she, at one time the other nurse told me they have a special, like, um, I want to say hazmat, but it wasn't hazmat. <laughs> it was like something to do with deep cleaning. They have like a special crew in hospitals. Hmm. that They said they were going to have to get up there and go through this but they never did just bring some pressure washer up there I don't know but these two poor young women were in there and I felt horrible and I I must have apologized 18,000 times and I tried to say the funny things like well I bet you're going to change your career path now right and they were nice you know this happens a lot but it was humiliating it was embarrassing it was revolting and, and were you at, at this point during this stuff? Like, are you totally lucid, or are you kind of floating around in some? No, I'm lucid. Drug haze, or no? no? I was too lucid. I would request morphine right afterwards. So I'd just forget it for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably under a bridge somewhere doing morphine <laughs> because of that fat middle aged guy with the poopy middle aged guy. <laughs> so that was just a horrible experience. It was it was awful. Um. But the bathroom thing, that went on for a good two days. And then they finally put me on some kind of thing that solidified your business. Business? For whatever reason. It was to help stop this. Okay. And it did. Once I got past that, this hospital stay wasn't bad. It was just the... the, um, Uncertainty of when I was going to get to leave. It seemed like it was just a waiting game because I, I called you several times while you were in there, and like early on, you were definitely a scratchy voice and just sounded very tired. Yeah. And then by the end, you were just like, "I am ready to get the fuck out of here." Well, yeah, and every time what I thought would be my release date would approach, it would they would say it's going to be a little longer. Yeah, 
that was the frustrating thing. It's just like, you know, I was texting with your sisters a lot and talking to you, and it's just like, okay, we keep hearing that this is the time to get out. I'm like, we're not mad at the hospital or the doctors, obviously, because, like, no. there's, they're, they're trying to... They're looking out for my best interest. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, like, I just wanted you to be out and, and back to your normal routine. Well, and I kept telling myself that the worst possible thing to happen would be to get out and then something go wrong because I left too early and have to go back. It would be worse right. to get out and come back. Get that taste of freedom and then come back, yeah. yeah. But it, it really is, you know, I've first time I've it got to, to the point of feeling, it was a depress, depressing I, feeling. You used that word several times with me while you were in there, and that is not something I've ever heard you say. Yeah, and I've, I've experienced depression, but it's been a long, long time. And it's I know what it feels like, and that was, it was just like, there's no end to this. This is horrible. This is horrible. And then, but then I would say those thoughts, and then I would try to. And my sister told me too. She goes, "Think of people who have some kind of, you know, disease where there is no potential yeah. good end to the story, or you might never leave the hospital or the nursing home or whatever." Yeah. You know, you at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It just might be a week or two. Yeah, yeah. And so and I'm I, sure that felt like an eternity, but for it some did, people it have to be in there forever. But I tried to realize that there are a lot. And the other thing, too, I was kind of startled by this. In the 13 days I was in there, you hear a lot of code blues. And that means someone is, like, flatlining? Yeah, like, they were, you know, you look at their machine. I don't, don't know if that's the right. criteria. I played Resident Evil. I know yeah. how health works. Yeah, they're basically dying if somebody doesn't get in there quick. Yeah. I bet I heard 20 code blues announced. Jesus. And, that's a and like, but a code blue, you technically could recover from, right? Like, it's just, yeah, hey, this is a dire in, situation. They get in there quick and assess what's wrong and fix it. Right, but, like, there's a good chance some of those code blues yeah, are not. Bad, bad things are happening right now. Boy. And none of them involve diarrhea, usually. <laughs> Didn't you? Mine was a code brown. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, because, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. We have a code brown all over the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all nurses, quit your jobs. <laughs> I remember you were annoyed because you didn't discover that you had all these like free DVR movies until like the very end. What are you talking? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I was pissed about that. Well, first of all, you know how personal things are when it gets the TVs with me. Oh god, if you're... TVs aren't just like mine, it really gets on my nerves. And everyone's wrong. <laughs> were they millennials there? <laughs> it was riddled with millennials. <laughs> but this TV sucked. <laughs> it's one of those TVs where there's no guide, so you can't tell what's on. All you know is what channels are available. And there wasn't no, there wasn't no good grammar. <laughs> there wasn't any, like, a page feature where you can go up, up or down five. It right. was one by one by one. And all you could see was the channel, and I hated it so much. But it was like day ten when some nurse told me that I had access to free movies. <laughs> Which I don't even like movies, so I don't know why I was pissed. But... <laughs> Unless they have big CG monkeys in them. dinosaurs or apes involved. <laughs> But actually, no. I actually watched a lot of TV buzz. I'm sure. A lot of news and stuff. And yeah, I watched the whole Roots series and watched a couple of movies. Now, I, I almost have a hard time believing that the TV didn't have a guide. Because I know you, if you were confused for two seconds about something, you just convince <laughs> yourself that something's weird or broken or sucks. This isn't because, like mine. <laughs> no, because you didn't use your fire stick that you used very, very frequently. Uh, <laughs> Because you want me to look at it. Oh, this thing's crazy. It's not working and it broke. Yeah, and so I look at it and it turns on, but the remote's not working. So you just, it's like how you treat your bathrooms. The toilet stops working. It just doesn't exist anymore. And so after four months of not using this thing that you loved, I look at it and I think, okay, the remote's not working. I shouldn't even ask this because it should be the obvious thing. But like, surely he checked the batteries. Nope. And no, no. 
Yeah. And it turns out that it solved it. I put the batteries in. That's totally fine. That was a happy day for me. <laughs> There's but, only some way you could have known. But anyway, so yeah, I did watch a lot more TV than I usually did. Um, like I said, I watched, I think, all except the last two of the entire Roots miniseries. How long is that? Well, it varied because some episodes were, I think, an hour and a half, some were two. Yeah. And it was like eight episodes. Yeah. So it was a lot for me. Watching them like, with commercials or? Yeah, there were commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you act like I'm out of the loop because I don't get to see as many commercials as you. I just assume you never see a commercial ever. Well, I have Hulu Plus, so no commercials there. But, like, you see little snippets of stuff before YouTube videos, but it's different than the stuff you see when yeah. you're watching a Royals game or something. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, we all lived through it, and uh, that got better. And, and after that, being in the hospital was much more tolerable. It was just, like, I really, 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 really want to go home. And you did get to go home uh, a few days later, and it sounds like the first thing you did was your sister took you to the grocery store, right? Yeah, because we really wanted to make sure I had whatever I needed here. And first of all, let me uh, say this about my sisters. Uh, I have two sisters, and that's it. No brothers. They were My one sister was literally there every day, and the other one was there every day except a couple days she had to be gone. But they were getting me stuff and just being there. And it was amazing. And, you know, I had some friends come by, too. But I didn't tell a lot of people because I didn't. I knew I wouldn't want to be responding to messages and right, right. stuff. I, didn't, I really didn't want a lot of people to know. But the close friends came up and saw me. So it made me feel really good. But especially my sisters. They're just fantastic people. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. And I'm so lucky because not all families have where every sibling gets along. It's yeah. rare. It's actually rare. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky. As someone that, you know, grew up with two sisters in the house and, and we always got along great. You know, yeah, I, I think I, you always I, will. I so you're very fortunate as I am. So, yeah. But anyway. So you get you get out, you go, actually, quick aside, mm-hmm. you've worked in a certain business for a good chunk of your younger life. How do you say the name of that business? Grocery business? Yeah, say it again. Grocery business? Yeah, that. Grocery. Yeah. Slow that down. How do you pronounce that? Grocery. Okay, Good. It's not just me. Well, if you slow it down, it sounds weird. Okay. Well, I've always said grocery. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. What okay. Are, what are people telling you? Well, I, I, a lot of people say grocery. No. I've always said grocery. It's, I've always heard it like that. I've never heard it say it any other way. I mean, when you look at... The, grocery. But when you look at the word, like, I do understand what people are saying. I'm the sure. way we say it sounds like G-R-O-S-H-E-R-Y. Yeah, like, grocery. I'm wondering if that's a Kansas thing, because... I don't know. You know, I've done enough podcasts and stuff and said the word grocery enough that I think we might just say it weird. I've literally never heard it said any other way. And our family worked in the grocery business for... I spent like 22 years in grocery stores, so... So I think it's officially grocery. It is now. Grocery. At least in Kansas. Is fire one syllable or two? Fire? Yeah. It's kind of two. Thank you. You know how to talk. It'd be fire. I know, exactly. That's not how you say it. It's Fire. 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 Okay, thank you. All right, people in Kansas know how to talk. Well, we have kind of the same background, so the odds are yeah, pretty good. I probably learned how to say grocery from you, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That's how Grandpa said it, too, though. Yeah. All right, so you, you go to the grocery store, and it sounded like you got super exhausted. Yeah, I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah, but, but not really like pain walking around? Lightheaded. Yeah. Uh, and just, it, at first time I'd been out in the real world for almost two weeks, and it just felt super duper weird. But and welcome? I was super weak and just very lightheaded and... Just very, like, out of myself. It just was weird. Were you hungry at this point? Like, like, did you want to go out and get McDonald's or something? Or how did that work? No. No? No. 
But your, your appetite obviously came back. We got $26 to Taco Bell the other night <laughs> between two ate, of us. You ate $21 of it. And somehow we ordered $26 worth of food, and I forgot about the goddamn nacho fries yeah. that I've been wanting to try since they introduced and haven't tried them yet. Yeah, and I think you left $4 worth of cheese on my carpet. <laughs> Good God. You're like a damn bear when you're drunk and eating. <laughs> it's 3 in the morning, and we're just ravenously attacking this Taco Bell. Uh, okay, so yeah, you get home. Uh, you know, you had a little bit of, of having the drains in there uh, for a few days. You had home health come by. Yeah, <laughs> a few times. The real ones. <laughs> Hello, real cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they uh, yeah they came by I think three times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically doing your vitals and then uh, administering um, something called heparin and then a bunch of like heparin. Heparin. Okay. Or heparin. I'm not sure how to sure. pronounce it. I got like 85 of them over here. Oh, your little corner there? Yeah. 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 But uh, they um, administer a bag full of liquid antibiotic that takes about 40 minutes to drip through. Okay. And then they have a couple things they inject in both the drains for the abscesses drains. Yeah, remember I came home with the bag still. Yeah. And so it was a whole to do. And the whole idea was they do it a couple times for you. And then you're as, or expected to do it yourself. Right. Which, I'm a moron with that stuff. And I don't like dealing with that stuff. Yeah, so the, you were expected to inject yourself with the thing? Yeah. See, the thing that scares me about Not that inject is... inject into the IV. Oh, so you've already got the thing in there. It's still in there, yeah. Because isn't there... It's still in there? No, it was at this point. Oh, at this point, okay. Um, there's some dumb thing where if like, there's an air bubble in a syringe, yeah, they, you just die immediately or yeah, something, Yeah, they right? make you... Get that out of there before you do it. That's why they do the little thing in the movies where they do the thing. Yeah, like, I'll take it from here, nurse. And yeah, and they're really stupid about cleanliness. Like every time you open up, they're a cap- stupid about cleanliness. <laughs> every seriously, every time you open up a cap of something, they have these tiny little, like half inch by half inch squares of like alcohol soaked sanitizing things. Yeah, that you have to wrap the or clean the end of each little thing off with. It just seemed like a whole to do to me. I, you know, I'm glad that they err on the side of caution in a hospital. It just, it just slows the whole thing down. But I did it because I didn't want to die. And they, <laughs> and they teach you how to do the bubble thing you talked about. Okay, to get that air out of there. So that must be pretty foolproof then, because it sounds like you just your brain blows up if you do that wrong. I don't know what the what happens if you don't do it. Right. Oxygen goes to your brain. I guess it's bad if it came from a syringe or something. I, I don't guess. know. I don't know. After pooping all over a wall, it did. <laughs> I don't think anything could have phased me after that. <laughs> Yeah, like the whole time I'm like thinking, I'm an idiot, I can't do this. And I think I even told the lady. I said, "You, why do you trust people like me to do this? I said, well, I said, you must have patients that you do this for that are literally like 90. Do you trust 90-year-old people to do this? What they say? And she said, it depends on you know how well together they are mentally and physically. Yeah. You know, if, someone, they, don't, if they feel someone can't do it, they won't yeah. do it. But what I did was I had a combination of my sister, who was here for the first one, and the nurse literally write down step by step to yeah. every mundane detail about what you need to do. It's like you trying to explain uh, their new TV to the, your parents. Yes. I should have saved the instructions because it was almost comical. Take green cap off. Take out alcohol thing. Wipe off green cap. It was, it was, like, it was literally like six pages long. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So and and I was nervous about it, but and they told me, he said once you do this repetition, well you'll be fine and you'll be thinking, well, did I really have a problem with this? Right. And I did. I was able to do it. I just followed the directions. I hated it. 
I hate sitting there because between the 45 minutes draining the bag and all the other stuff you did, it was like an hour and a half process. Right. Can you imagine if you had like a day job you had to go to? Like, you um, would not be able to do all this stuff. You're in a good situation for that. Yeah, I was very fortunate in that regard. But So I did it. I got done. And then uh, you know, after about a week, I was able to get the abscess drains out and the pick IV out of my arm. I almost, when I got the drain bags taken out, I almost wanted to skip out of that hospital. I think it's about the first time I've ever seen you use emojis in a text message. <laughs> Something about to, like confetti horns or something. Like, oh, it was the drains happy. are out. It was such a happy day. <laughs> Did you instantly feel just more free? Oh, yeah. So much less burdened. Yeah. There's a better word for it, but... Encumbered? Over yeah, encumbered? less encumbered. Yeah. And especially sleeping. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because you couldn't really like roll over or anything, could you? Well, you were always conscious of them, and yeah. you didn't want them to get them kinked up. Yeah. So that was a big step, and then, like, I think four or five days later, I was able to get the pick IV out. And so, and it's been a little better day. I'm awfully tired, but that'll get better. Yeah. Um, so you recover, you know? It, it all went well. Like, it, there was a time there where I, it was, I was trying to kind of gauge when I was talking to your sisters, like, how bad is this? You know, like, is this, like, I, because they're not doctors either. And so it's kind of hard to, yeah. for them to even tell me what's going on. Cause I was trying to figure out like, do I need to fly out right now or something? I, I think they were genuinely concerned for about two days. Yeah. Early on. It definitely yeah. seemed like there was I looked concern. Like death. It sounded very, very bad. I mean, I've seen, unfortunately I've seen people dying of cancer and their yeah. eyes get prominent and their face. Mm-hmm. Gets so gaunt. Yeah, yeah. Gaunt is the right yeah. word. And I was really seeing that when I look in the mirror. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, it's extremely noticeable Like when, when you see you. like it, You seem all right now, but you're definitely noticeably skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really think uh, Monday night I first had problems. Tuesday night I went to the hospital. I really think living alone, if I had waited another night, I really think I might have died. Cause, yeah. Because if it got bad enough where I couldn't have gotten to my phone, I just would have died. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, one other thing we should mention... Um, I told, I texted my one neighbor that I was going to the hospital. I didn't tell the other one, who I usually tell her if I'm on vacation or something, because we yeah. look out for each other's houses. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was such a rush, I didn't have time to text every person in the neighborhood. So I didn't tell my neighbor lady, who happens to be a nurse. <laughs> so I found out, she called me one day in the hospitals, and, uh, or who, who told me about the thing? I think your sister. I don't know who, well, I don't think it was my sister, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Turns out, She'd gotten concerned. She hadn't seen me. My car hadn't left. So she called the cops. They called a wellness check. <laughs> yeah. My Just friend, to make sure, because I'm sure people that live alone die all the time. Yeah, my, my friend Joyce called it an old person check. I prefer wellness check. <laughs> so I guess the cops actually came here and were banging on the door. Yeah. And my other neighbor, my neighbor heard them or saw them and came running down and said, oh, no, 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 he's in the hospital. Wow. So if, someone, if they'd had to bust down my door, oh, my God. How do they know that that neighbor didn't kill you? Your body was in his place. Oh, he's in the hospital, cops. Don't go looking in there. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a really good question. He could have killed you. CSI that. Yeah. That's a big, that's, wow, that's a great premise. Mm-hmm. It's a Dexter episode. That's pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what happened. <laughs> he didn't murder you? No. Okay. No, but I was really grateful because that would have just added to my stress had I known... That my front door was opening with somebody fixing it. Oh, yeah. And I wonder about that. If that happens and the cops are wrong, yeah, who's required to fix that door? Because they're just doing their job. I would think you would have to have family members or friends do or, something. No, I mean as far as who's liable for it. Do That's they, a good question. Like if it was through no fault of your own. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. 
That's a very good question. But oh, we we were at a bar with a former cop today. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you ask your know. cop best friend? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to ask him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Do they rely on your insurance to pay? But then, if you have a deductible, you're still paying for it. Good yeah. question. Yeah. We'll look. We'll figure this out next time. Yeah. So yeah, but a slow road. Uh, like I told you earlier, it really wasn't until about three days ago, four days ago, that I really started feeling like myself again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my timing was kind of perfect on coming out. Here. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Which I guess, with with you all recovered and everything, I'll uh, I'll let you take the next part of that after a break. All right. And we will take a break. Who wants to hear this? Hold your Call me home. All right. All right. So um, when we last left off, I'm happy that we managed to do roughly an hour completely sober. Yeah. Time to ramp it up. <laughs> As you sit on the floor in pajamas. <laughs> time to ra- paint the town red. Time to ramp it up and start bitching about stuff. Let's get wacky. Bitching about stuff. All right, I'm going to hand it over to you for this um, because where we left off, you are recovered. You have had a couple home health visits. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh huh. Y- yeah, and then uh, yeah, we had talked. We've, we've kept up, but you certainly did not know I was coming to town. So I'll take your perspective on that whole thing. Uh, basically, I guess it was a day. Or was it? No, it was like two days before. It would have been like last Thursday. Um, I, my phone rings, which is weird. It's never anybody I want to talk to. And it showed up as restricted. Yeah. So I'm not going to answer that. So I let it go, and I noticed a little bit later they left a voicemail. And it's this nice lady, very professional, just basically saying, Hey, uh, we're from calling from Shawnee Mission Hospital. We'd like to do a final checkup on you, evaluate you know, your recovery. Just come out, take some pictures, take your vitals. Take about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, if you're available between two and four. In which, if you want to hear this actual voicemail, I'm sure most of you have already seen this, but I put up a video on my YouTube page uh, uh, of this whole thing that he's about to describe. So Yeah, so I, I'm very trusting, very gullible, I guess. I think you're like me in that when somebody seems official, yeah, it's like if it's a doctor or it's just somebody that has some kind of uniform yeah. and they seem like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, you're going to go with it. We trust them, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I, guess I called back. No. No, you didn't. What happened? Um, so I talked to the girl, or I didn't, but my mom did, uh, talked to the girl who made that call. And so she called and left that message, but then she realized that she didn't leave a number for you to call back. Mm. So we, oh. and, and she was afraid you were going to, like, if you had to change schedule or something, that you were going to call Shawnee Mission Medical Center, oh. and they were going to be like, what are you talking about? So she called back so and she I called answered. back and you answered, and she was not ready for that, so she was all nervous about that. Okay, yeah. And I just basically confirmed, yeah, two, two to four Saturday works. Well, so Saturday rolls around, and uh, as usual, I didn't have anything going on, so it was no big deal. I remember thinking uh, I was slightly annoyed that that's generally about the time I take a nap. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, I, oh yeah, I remember what happened. Uh, it was around 1 o'clock. Um, I had it all worked out in my head. I was going to pee. Okay. And then I was going to come downstairs and lay in my recliner and just sleep for like an hour with with the door, the the big door open so I could see if they showed up, uh, I could just look over and see it's these home health people. So I pee, mind you, this is right around 1 o'clock, and uh, as I'm coming down the stairs, I hear my door handle 
uh, like someone's trying to open the door, mm-hmm. which mild alarms went off then. And you did not hear a doorbell that was ringing several times. Well, that must have happened while I was peeing. Okay. Because usually I always hear the doorbell in here. Huh. So that's the only explanation I can think of for that. So I, as I'm coming down the stairs, I hear the door handle kind of... What, John's rattling going? around. Rattling around. So I'm a little alarmed by that. I think, who's trying to get in my house? And then as I take a few more steps, I hear knocking. So I come around the corner, and I said, like I said before, the main door was open. Just the glass door was shut. And I see this guy <laughs> in a blue, big... Metal, uh, we both had said... <laughs> Look like the guys, the government guys from ET. <laughs> and my first, I remember my first thought was, you kind of are built like my next door neighbor, and he's a handy guy. So I remember thinking, what's he doing? He must be doing something with chemicals or so something. So he's like spraying the house or something. Yeah, something or, involving okay. chemicals or something. And yeah. He, and he needs something or he needs my help or whatever. Yeah. So I go to the door and I quickly realize it's not him. What was the giveaway? The glasses. So the, first- the glasses must have been different, or the. I don't know. First aid kit? <laughs> no, I wasn't even conscious of that yet. But I just, you looked not enough like him for me to realize it wasn't him. Okay. So then I think I went into, oh, it must be home health and they're early. Because it was supposed to be between 2 and 4 and this was like 105. And this is not what the actual home health people look like. No, they looked more like you would um, expect a nurse to be dressed in. Okay. Yours was more like I'm painting a house or... <laughs> I'm on a, I'm an extra on Breaking Bad. We're trying to make it right. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure an alien doesn't die. <laughs> so, uh, at that point, I assume it's them, and I open the door, and I, I think I even said home health. Yeah. And you said, whatever. <laughs> or something like that. So, being the gullible person I am, I just let you in. And I can't remember if, we, if I went straight to my recliner, because that's usually where I would sit when they would take my vitals and stuff. Yeah, you came in and you set your stupid first aid kit <laughs> on the table, which should have been a giant sign. Because what professional doing what they're doing has a friggin' first well, aid kit? Well, here's the thing. Like, I've heard people make fun of that, and I've seen the comments and everything, and you've mentioned it. But honestly, to this point, I guess I don't know why that's weird. Because like, that's just like a medical kit, right? Like, wouldn't medical people... Yeah, but it has it- Band-Aids and gauze and... Creams, and but don't hospitals and doctors and the nurses sometimes deal in those things? They deal in them, but they don't carry around a bag full of them. But if they were coming to do a checkup, I, I must be wrong on this because I thought that was like, oh, that's perfect. It seemed out of place. Okay, with what you had to work with, it was probably the closest you could come. Right. Uh, but there were just uh, so many odd things happening. You were behaving odd. Um, you were saying odd things. And the first, I think one of the first things I noticed, because you were like, I don't know if you were kneeling or standing over my table right in front of me, and I'd noticed that you'd tracked a bunch of mud in. <laughs> and inside I'm going, God damn it. Believe it or not, I didn't realize I did that. Yeah, but I was, you know, annoyed at that. <laughs> but you know me, I'm not going to confront him about it. I think if I remember right, I nicely mentioned, hey, you got, you got shoes, uh, mud on your shoes, bud. Okay, that sounds like me. <laughs> and that's the one of the first really, really odd things was you said, oh, I'm sorry, and then went to put your shoes away, but made no attempt to clean it up. Where any professional, you would think that'd be the first thing they do is say, hey, you got a towel, I'll clean that up, I'm sorry. Right. But you just kind of blew it off as well. I guess he's got mud on his carpet now. <laughs> 
But then you proceeded to start saying a bunch of weird, um, <laughs> brief, guttural words. Well, I'll explain that. So, and a lot of people have, have commented of like, he didn't even like try to change his voice or anything. Like, how did, how did Paul not notice it? My whole thing was, okay, I'm not going to try some like offensive attempt at an accent or something like that. Yeah. So I'm just going to try to talk weird and, and like short things. Like, yeah. I'm just going to try to kind of bark out things, kind of change my voice a little bit. Um, <laughs> so that's why it came out that way. But yeah, look, looking back at the video, it just sounds like me. Well, and when I first saw the video, I thought, what, what was my problem? That sounds just like Dan. But the key to this thing, and I've told you this, the key to this was you live in New York. Yes. If you lived in town here, I think I would have caught on. But it never even entered my mind that it was you or somebody. Well, I, I just thought it was some weird guy who did nurse stuff. Also, if I lived in town, it wouldn't be that great of a stunt because the whole surprise is that you know we don't get to see each other that often, and all of a sudden I'm here. Like if I just lived in Shawnee, who I could be? see you doing it anyway. <laughs> I really could. I guess when I lived here, it never really stopped me from fucking with you. There's a giant bowl of spaghetti buried in my backyard. It's a giant bucket. The bucket of spaghetti buried in my backyard that is evidence that you'll jerk with me, regardless <laughs> of where you live. Yeah. But yeah, it never occurred to me because you're in New York. It didn't even cross my mind, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself. That it didn't even cross my mind. Well, I was expecting it to just go south immediately. <laughs> in which case, I wasn't even going to be bummed because, like, it's still shocking that I, I just showed up. Um, so, like, even if you were right away, like, Dan, I think it'd still be funny. Oh, it would have been awesome, too. But Yeah, but, uh, like, you know, I was talking to Bianca when I was setting this thing up, and she was like, Dan, he is going to know immediately that it's you. And I was like, I don't know. I, think I, I just kind of know you. Yeah. And she doesn't quite know how gullible I am yet. <laughs> right. But but then there was just thing after thing after thing happening that was just weird. <laughs> Not only the way you talked, but the way you took the pictures was weird. And the questions you were asking were super weird. But and I think the first really big one that went up was when you set up the camera like a... Your phone, I think, wasn't it? Well, I actually bought a GoPro specifically for this, and I set that one up on the table here, or whatever you call this thing, in front of you. And then I used my phone that I set up when I went into the kitchen. So I was using my phone and a little GoPro. Yeah. When you set the phone up on the kitchen little area bar thing, I was like, I was trying to rationalize all this in my head. I thought to myself, well, that's weird, but maybe they just need some kind of documentation of the visit or whatever. I was giving you way too many benefits of the doubt. <laughs> well, I was also just trying to fire off enough confusing weird things so you didn't have enough time to focus on any one of them. It worked. Where it's just like, okay, he's probably thinking about the phone, but now I'm doing this stupid thing, and now yeah. he's got to answer this dumb question. Yeah, it was about this time that you went in the kitchen. and that's, <laughs> I thought it was odd how comfortable you were in a stranger's home just waltzing into the kitchen. And then when I heard the fridge open... <laughs> And the can of pop open. My, I remember thinking, that's really, really rude and very unprofessional. And it was at that point, I remember thinking in my head, I should probably call his company after this is over and yeah. say, this guy is really not professional. Bad Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, he's really, really bad at this. Maybe, <laughs> even if he's technically good at it, he's just weird and unprofessional. <laughs> if he did that to everyone, I'm sure he'd get a lot of complaints. Yeah, I just thought it was very presumptuous to just go into someone's refrigerator and take a drink. <laughs> Which I, w I was going to let one go. <laughs> I let one go. 
but when you opened, did you open the second one first or get well? The I did. I did. The cheese was after the first soda. Okay, I just correct. Well, I heard you rattling around, and I said, "What are you?" I think I said, "What are you doing?" And you said, "Diet." <laughs> <laughs> well, I went. I kind oh, of let's back up. Okay. One really quick weird thing that happened was I noticed your car. You didn't have a car out in front of my house, <laughs> right? Which I thought was really weird. Yeah. And in hindsight, when I asked you about it, you said, I have surgery. Surgery ended early. Surgery ended. And I'm like, what? You did surgery and then you're going to come in here and take my temperature? It was a medical word that I knew, so I said it. Yeah. And the only thing that actually came close to sounding right was when you uh, said discharge or bleeding. Right, right. That one actually, that's the closest you came to sounding legit. <laughs> But you were spending way too much time in my kitchen, and it became, it looked like you were trying to avoid being seen. I didn't want to make eye contact, because I thought that'd be a giveaway. Yeah, I don't think I looked in your face, other than when I I was approaching the door. I don't think I looked at your face the whole time. Do you think if we had, like, direct eye contact, you maybe would have noticed? Well, your glasses were thrown off, because you should tell people that... I used different glasses. They were like my mom's reading glasses or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that really helped. I think if you hadn't, if you had your glasses or no glasses, I think I would have caught on. Okay, good, good to know that. Or like I said, I didn't look a lot at your face a lot. But Which, by the way, your one request was that I not use your uh, your actual stomach footage. Yeah. And I learned how to do that blur mosaic effect in Adobe Premiere. Just so yay, I had to learn how to do that. Yay, because <laughs> my stomach is it's always sexy. Yeah, I know. But it's super sexy now. Yeah, yeah. Ho- everyone knows with holes in it and tape residue. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> um, so we got one pop, and then, okay. So the cheese—I kind of expected you to know it was me when I did the cheese. I specifically picked that to kind of give you a little like throw your bone because it's kind of a running thing. Whenever I'm here, I tend to rummage through your kitchen, and I frequently take out a bag of shredded cheese and just start eating from the bag. And you hate that. Yeah, I hate that so much. And so I thought, oh, okay, if I just start eating cheese out of the bag, he's going to know it's me. Like, well, I, I just heard the crinkling. I didn't know what you were doing. Oh, okay. Okay. I figured if you saw that, it would at least put me in your head, since you associate that with me, and then maybe it would get the gears turning. If you had scratched your balls first, (laughs) and then grabbed the cheese, which is why I have a problem with this in the first place. I'm not scratching my balls all the time. Dad, I've seen you do it. You're getting better, because you're married now and you're older, but god damn. In years past, when you'd come to visit, your hands were always down your pants. And then I'd see you go in my cheese... And just use your stupid nutsack hands to pull cheese out. And, of course, I can't eat that cheese again. I don't think it's as bad as you're painting. I, th- I throw the cheese away as soon as you leave town. I think you assume I'm touching my nutsack way more than well, I What are you touching? This? What else you got? Well, I'm not walking around scratching my nuts. I don't know when the last time I scratched my nuts was. Certainly not down in my pants. You got a bunny rabbit down your pants that you're petting? What else are you going to do? When was the last time you saw my hand down my pants? It's probably been two or three years. Okay. There you go. Bianca's been good for you in a lot of ways. That's <laughs> yes. par- apparently one of them. Yes. Less time than your, your hand in your pants. You also think I'm domesticated now because apparently I put the toilet seat down. Yeah, every time it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that I put the toilet seat down. It's not even the seat. It's the seat and the lid. Every time you walk in, you like, oh, let me guess. I'm going to have to pick up the toilet well, seat. Let me not, guess. I know now you're doing it just to screw with me. I That's actually not true at all. I swear to God, I've not once consciously thought about it. Does she either request, direction. Does she request that you do that? I don't think she has ever said that. And I've not, I did not consciously think about that you never until you started giving me crap for you that. You never used to do that. You've gone from peeing on my living room wall <laughs> to peeing in the toilet and shutting the lid and the seat. At no point did I make an executive decision that, okay, 
I'm what are doing, doing this. Now? Are you doing this at home? I guess. I mean, it, it, I probably am because, like, obviously, if I wasn't doing it before, I am now. But you do a lot of things just to irritate me. So that's true. Um, no, I, I bet I just subconsciously kind of did that because I was just aware that there was another human living with me, and I was just being I'm just, courteous. I'm just getting annoyed. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> So, the, so the, penis the, cheese and then nutsack cheese. Nutsack cheese. <laughs> he was a great comedian in the forties, by the uh, way. Old nutsack cheese. Uh, Boy, he was funny. Uh, but what, what really did it was the second pop. <laughs> That's when my cheap sensors were on full active mode. It's like this it's son of a bitch. 25 cent soda. He's just in there wasting pop. <laughs> so that's when, I, that's when I stood up and went in there. That no, didn't take like one drink. No, that was when you stood at up. At some point you went into the bathroom. Uh, yes, that was before the second pop. Okay, I went yeah, to yeah. Knowing that, that, that you'll never get that toilet to work again, yeah. ever. Huh. Um, which I think we probably talked about before. Basically, the most convenient bathroom in his house, the one that's right here that would be great to be able to use. Uh, the toilet stopped working how long ago? Six months. Six months ago, and uh, he won't get it fixed uh, or call a plumber. So he just has he has one less bathroom in his house now. I got another. I got another bathroom. It works, so that's fine. But you not liking to move much at all. I'm surprised you run upstairs. Oh, every I hate time. it. You, why don't you just fucking call a plumber? I bet it takes two. Well, seconds. my brother-in-law has volunteered to come over and fix it. Why won't you let him? Well, I don't want to bother him. So you want to spend the rest of your days running upstairs whenever you need to pee? It's good exercise. <laughs> okay. All right, go on. After, so, after you've shit on a wall, <laughs> walking up. You shit on walls, I pee on walls. Right. <laughs> we're a lovely family. <laughs> we're, 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 we're just like royalty here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we've got two sodas and cheese in the bathroom, and it was the second soda that triggered you to get up. Well, and the other thing, too, was when you went into the bathroom and I said, that doesn't work, and you said, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember thinking, wow, this guy's a pro. <laughs> That's, and everything was just coming together. This, everything about this situation is wrong. But when I heard the second pop, I had to confront you. And, and I, I should mention, too, there were several moments as all this was happening that I was starting to worry that I was getting set up for a home invasion. Yeah. I almost expected, you know, two more guys to show up. It's just some scam. And come in and tie me to the chair. And, and kind of like case the place, see how many people are here. Yeah, and yeah, take yeah. all my electronics and whatever cash <clears throat> I had in the house. Right. So it was a little unnerving. Right. Um, because it was that weird. Well, it's amazing watching the, the close-up of your face in the video because like I, you can just see so many gears turning. Mm-hmm. You're just like, what is he fucking doing? Yeah. Like when I asked you like how long your naps were. Yeah, that like, was a weird question. You give this look, it's like, what? <laughs> I remember you saying, I said, you said, napping. <laughs> I said, said yeah, I said every day. How long are your naps? And I remember thinking, what the fuck does it matter how long my naps are? What does it have to do with my appendix? You asshole. It's none of your business. But instead of that, I just said, an hour or three hours. Just being a sheep, I guess. But, yeah, the uh, stupid questions. And every time I would quiz you about the fridge, diet, just checking your diet. Chicken, di- chicken diet. Pudding. Yeah, and you yelled out pudding at one point because you saw pudding. <laughs> you know, like a doctor would do. Right. <laughs> you can't say pudding without yelling pudding. So I don't know what I was... I, oh, I, I think as I was walking over there, I said, did you open a second pop? And you said, no. <laughs> when clearly you had. I was like holding an open soda. No, I just... Uh, chicken diet. And then I remember I said, <laughs> said, 
my diet? Yeah, that was good. Because I remember thinking, this seems to be more about your diet. <laughs> and that's when you decided to get the, the gig was up. Or, yeah, and then we, we certainly saw your... I have never been that shocked in my life. Really? It honestly, I think my brain was having trouble processing it. Well, because there is that part in the video where for like, it feels like 10 seconds, you were just staring forward with this incredulous look on your face. I was trying to process it all. It's like, that's Dan, but that can't be Dan. He's in New York and I'm getting this nurse thing here. And of all these possibilities that were going through your head, of like the home invasion and all this stuff, or this guy just being unprofessional, like not even a fluttering thought of it could be me. Never once. Not for a nanosecond. So it was, it was, that look on my face was legit. Yeah. It was close I've ever been to being in shock. It was like, what's happening here? So you were no playing up, no like, I'm going to make this goofy face. Like that was just. No, no, no. That was pure <laughs> trying to process what I was seeing. Uh, and then the, 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 the cherry on the top. <laughs> at this point, stupid me still thought I had a legitimate appointment at two to four. And I brought that up. And you no. said, no, that was all me. You don't, you don't have an appointment. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it Just was, a huge coincidence that you happen to have a real home checkup. I was still thinking, I really honestly thought I still had that. And this was just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I think it, it it shows how much how shocked I was, because if you look at the video, once you reveal yourself, you come over and hug me, mm-hmm. and you know I would normally hug you right back. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, my arms are still at the side. And, you don't move. Yeah, because I was still like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it was insane. Well, as, as someone that likes it when a plan comes together. <laughs> In a good way. Like, I could not be more thrilled with how that whole thing went down. Yeah, I've only foiled one of your plots ever. I remember that, and you foiled in a pretty big... I mean, that was the bucket, right? That that was, was the bucket. and the keys. And I set up the cameras and everything. I don't think I have that footage anymore. But yeah, when I made it seem like I buried your keys at the bottom of this pasta bucket <laughs> in your backyard, which you can read about in my book on Amazon, The Dumbest Kid in Gifted Glass. But, yeah, um, that's what this is about, isn't it? Selling books. It's what everything's about, right? Sure, sure. You need to do a thing. No, I don't. It's fine. You always do it. And when I say it... <laughs> I don't have to do that. Just trust that I know what I'm doing You've here. You've done that every time that's happened. The, I bring it up and it doesn't The happen. screen did a slight dim, and so I tapped it so it wouldn't go into total sleep mode. <laughs> and I mentioned it, and no, I don't need to do that. Well, I mean, I like to do it, but it will keep recording. <sighs> so anyway, but yeah, I mean, kudos to you. That was masterfully done. Thank you. Thank you. That. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just felt really good about that, because like, when you were going through all this stuff, um, I knew that I wanted to come see you. And I just didn't know if it was like, well, okay, when he's in the hospital, he's like drugged up and stuff, and he can't. It's not like he could do anything. And once it became clear that like, okay, you're, it's just going to take time to get out. I just booked a flight for like a few weeks ahead of time, just hoping you'd be home and yeah, good I'd to much, go by then. I'd much preferred that you come home, had, came home when you did, when I was able to enjoy <laughs> you being here, versus you sitting there at the side of a hospital and watching me sleep. Right. Like the first night I was here, we just went to the rebel balloon. Yeah, I might have pooped on you. You don't know. I don't think you did. No, I said if you'd come then. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the Red Balloon. and That's how you know I care. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually turned into a real business as usual Kansas weekend for me where we go to the Red Balloon right away. Yeah. Spent some time with uh, my mom's side of the family, my sisters and everything. Yeah. Came back here. Went out to uh, Up Down, the video game bar arcade uh, thing downtown. Ate a lot of Mexican food. Yeah. Still got to try those uh, nacho fries at Taco Bell. Well, here's the power of you. I think that day was literally the first day that I've 
either been in the hospital or been home since where I hadn't napped. And, you know, I'm still getting up pretty early. So you showed up right about nap time and somehow convinced me to stay awake and go out. And I remember when we went to the bar, I was thinking, I remember telling you, yeah. this will probably not be a close the place down kind of night because I'm exhausted. And you'd been up since four or something, too. Yeah, yeah, flying in. But sure as hell. Red Bull Vodka. We did what we always do. Wakes you right up. But it was a fun night. We had a really good time. And then, But the next day I paid dearly. Oh, yeah. I was deliriously tired. Oh, yeah. I, uh, it seems like the virus came with me. The stu- Do people know about the stupid virus? You've probably given it a, a brief rundown before. I shit you not, I think this thing is real. <laughs> Ever since Dan has moved out of Kansas City, whenever he comes home and spends time at my house... Something weird either has something weird happens or something breaks that would never break otherwise. And I, I, could, I wish I could remember some of the other. Well, you broke my entire computer once. That's not true at all. It's completely true. Remember the, the Rusty Shack analogy I gave? That cost me like 600 bucks. That was not me at all. That was your weird <laughs> porn riddled computer that was 90 years old and breaking down anyway. Porn riddled. Am I wrong? You said corn. Oh, right, right. Uh, too much corn. Yeah, don't put it in the CD-ROM drive. <laughs> Jeez, that's your first problem. I thought it was CD-ROM, so I was putting corn seeds in Ah. But no, within literally, literally within an hour of Dan being in my house, <laughs> one of the light bulbs goes out the top of the stairwell, which we immediately both thought of the stupid virus. And then, for the first time in my entire adult life of homeownership... <clears throat> I had, and I was up in my office, and that light burns out. I have never in my entire life had two light bulbs burn out. And this sounds trivial to people, but they don't realize the history here. <laughs> something almost goes wrong every time or breaks. And then, after you went to your mom's yesterday, explain that. Uh, yeah, so I went to my mom's for the first time yesterday, and within 10 or 15 minutes of being there... She has a light fixture in her bedroom, which is like attached to a fan, and there are three bulbs attached to that, and all three of those went out. Three of them in the same fixture went out. Yeah, so years ago I dubbed it the stupid virus, that Dan brings this this stupid air, this stupid cloud of weird, stupid things happen wherever he travels. Well, the great thing is, I think it also applies to me, but only in good ways. Like, yeah. good things happen to me all the time. You've got the evil twin of the stupid virus in your real life. But when you're around family, it manifests itself completely differently. But yeah, it's been a great weekend. And, and yeah. I sincerely am and moved that you thought enough to come home and check on me. No, it, it meant a lot to me. Like, so, it, as soon as, I mean, that's why I was checking in on you when, when you were in the hospital and I knew it was a tough time for you. And. You know, I, I felt so bad that, you know, I, I've lived several states away at least since, you know, 2009. Uh, it's been almost 10 years. And so, like, your dad goes to the hospital and things go wrong. <laughs> Could have died. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, and, and our family, I think, is really good about this. You know, Grandpa was in a hospital not doing well for years at the end. And well, home, yeah, but I mean, you know, he had medical stuff going on, and you and your sisters, you know, like every day we're visiting him. We arranged it where one of us was there every day, and all three of us were there every Sunday. Yeah, and, and you know, you're not a, a church-going religious man by any means, but you were taking him to church and everything? Like, yeah, we all did. Yeah, you guys were incredible to him, and like that's... Well, uh, you know, we all said it at the time, he was always so good to us. It's yeah. When he needed us most, it's not trying to make myself sound like a great person, because I'm not... 
but in terms of him, we owed him that. Uh, yeah, he was incredible. And, like, you know, that's why I feel bad when, like, I want to be able to do that same thing. When I'm dying, you'll show up and the stupid virus will make all my life support stuff fail. And I'll absorb your energy and become stronger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And find money. Yeah. <laughs> sort of something. Like you said once that I could be hit by a car, not break any bones, and then, like, find a $100 bill when I stood up. Well, the, the thing I always liked was when you moved to San Francisco that... That the, once you moved there, there was going to be this massive earthquake, and everyone in San Francisco would die, and you would like come out of the rubble and say, "What happened? I was, Is that gold?" <laughs> right. Yeah, the second gold rush would happen. You know? All for me. Yeah, I always like that thought. But what were we talking about? Uh, oh, I was just talking about how, like, I don't know, it sucks living across the country from your family. Like, my whole entire family is here in Kansas City. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I didn't have to give it a second thought. Like, as soon as this was going on, I knew it, I was either visiting you in the hospital or I was coming here as soon as you were recovered yeah. to, to celebrate. So. Very nice. You're a good son. Yeah, you're a good dad. You're a pain in the ass, but you're a good son. <laughs> it's been fun. It has been. A lot of concentrated fun. Yeah. Well... I take off in what, 12 hours. I can't do math right now. Basically, far afternoon. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, be, uh, be 12. Be... It's a fun time. On 18 the... hours. Uh, okay. Sounds all right. Wow, that's quick. We'll get some food tomorrow. Seems like you just got here. Get some Q39 tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see I see people ask you on Twitter all the time, I'm coming to Kansas City, what's the best barbecue? And you always give them the wrong answer. If you polled... The entirety of the city, mm-hmm. of people who'd gone to all the major ones, mm-hmm. Gates, Jack Stag, Casey Doe's, mm-hmm. Q39, Hayward's, Zarda, what do you think would win? I think it'd be real close between those two. Q39 and Joe's? Yeah. And not to say that majority is wins is always right. Joe's, you know? Joe's is very, very good. You always give me shit for wanting Joe's when I come to town. Oh, yeah. But Q39 is just on a different level. I, I I can't deny that Q39 is incredible. It's a lot more expensive, too. I'm surprised you're as into it because you're such a, like, I don't like hoity-toity places. I, I just want a place that, you know, plain Skinner and gives me a beer. It's, it's and, not hoity-toity. But, I mean, it's definitely, like, it seems classier than KC Joe's. It's like... Yeah, it's more high-end. It's kind of like this trendy new high-end. thing, high-end, more expensive. The sides are fancier, whereas Joe's is just this, like, dirty-ass place with, like... Not dirty ass, but you know it's got it's simpler rolls of paper towels on the things and French fries and giant like plastic things of sauce. Proofs in the pudding with me. It's not about the atmosphere. It's what are they putting on the plate, and it's it's otherworldly good. But anyway, yes. nobody cares. Um, <laughs> this isn't the end of it, is it? Eh, I mean, I, I think we are done with the uh, the the part of it where we're covering the appendix part, which is is what I imagine the bulk of it to be. Who knows what the night brings? If, if we drink more or something, and sleep in about an hour for me. <laughs> I'm tired. Well, I guess you'll know by looking at the runtime of this podcast, folks, if uh, if we drank more and recorded another podcast or if we uh, close it out here. Um, but if we do close it out here, which we might, um, it's been great to see you. Too. And honestly, it's been really great to see uh, you feeling better, feeling like yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for making the effort. Of course. Uh, so that's it. I'll, I'll head back to New York City and uh, hope to see you soon in New York City uh, for your yearly visit. All right. Hope you enjoyed the Diarrhea Podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm titling it. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. See ya. All right. That makes me happy. Yes. Yeah.